Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know we sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support our show. I am so glad that I found Buzzsprout and was lucky enough to start with them. They've been so instrumental in helping me grow That Girl the Podcast. I love that I can look at my stats anytime, anywhere, and know exactly how I'm doing. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. And the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Chapter 8. Sharks Time seems to fly after that. Ezra and I are spending as much time as we can together, which can be hard given his schedule of writing, recording, and flying back and forth between here and Nashville. We FaceTime each other, send illicit emojis, talk on the phone like old people, and truly get to know each other. And, you know, minus not being able to have sex on a more regular basis with the crush of my life, I really feel like we're getting to know each other on a much deeper level. We've opened up about our childhoods, our past relationships, for the most part. And it seems like we're actually building a friendship. The only downside is being apart so much. I've just never spent so much time away from someone I've only been dating for a month and a half. While it's fun to get to know him, I actually miss him. In the midst of my love fest, it seems like everyone I know is getting married, and for once, I'm not totally turned off by it. I'm too happy to be bitter, and the idea of marrying the love of my life seems real to me after this month. One of my best friends, and frankly, only good friend besides Ryan, is getting married later this week. I had wanted Ezra to come, but he's doing some tour dates and can't make it. So I asked Ryan if he would like to come with me. We haven't talked much since that night at Jones. Just some friendly texting here and there. I assume the strange night is all but blown over when he agrees to come with me to the rehearsal dinner and wedding. He picks me up that Friday night, and I slide into his spaceship of a car, giving him a hug, which seems to ease the tension between us, thankfully. He goes on and on about a new band he's just signed and puts their album on. It's a little harder rock than I know him to be into, but I listen anyway, asking him questions about them. We do our casualties back and forth about it. It all seems normal, but with a slight undercurrent of uncertainty. Finally, after I feel like we've gotten past our tension and the coast is clear, he asks nonchalantly, Have you talked with that country guy since I saw you? Ryan's seen me infatuated before. He's also seen the puffy-eyed, sobbing version and the furious, squinted-up version, too. To call him a skeptic about my love life would be putting it mildly. I take a deep breath preparing. Yeah, actually, it's been going really well. I say, smiling, trying to stay neutral. He looks over at me, surprised. Really? I thought that would have faded out already. I don't say anything because, honestly, he's right. But he hasn't faded out this time, and it pisses me off a little that he would just jump to that conclusion. He notices my silence and tries to add to his last statement. So things are different with this guy. I try to match his tone. It appears that way. Well, then I'm really happy for you, he says, forcing a smile. 
I suddenly feel the kind of doubt that only your friends can make you feel when you know they don't trust the situation. I reach over and check my phone for signs of Ezra. No missed calls. No text messages. Nothing to give me a hit of dopamine to feel secure with us. Damn it. I pipe up. You know, you're right. It is different. I start to laugh. (laughs) Sometimes I'm almost annoyed because he's so available. He texts me like 24-7. I'm lying to him, which is never a good sign. It's true, we do talk a lot. But sometimes a day or two will go by without any contact. I've tried not to take it personally. He's busy. I get it. But I could really use a text from him right now. Great, he fakes back. As long as he makes you happy. Thanks, I say, putting on a fake smile. There's a pause, and then to solidify my case, I add, You know, he makes me want to be a better person. He makes me feel like my old self again. He takes a sharp breath in. I can tell. You seem different. I look at him. Different in a good way, right? I say, wavering. Yep. We sit there in silence for a few seconds until he says happily, I'm sure you're going to get some good writing out of it. He's certainly someone to learn from. Maybe he can help you in your career. What? I say. You know, get some cuts. I would never use him to try and further my career. But that's why people write together, he says matter-of-factly. No, I know. I'm just saying I'm not trying to use him. Listen, everyone uses everyone. Of all people, you should know that. It's not a bad thing. You're just trying to get ahead, and so is he. He's got to ride that wave as long as he can, and if you're a part of it, and if it benefits you down the line, so be it. Just take it. I look out the window, surprised to see such a sharky side of Ryan. I can't tell what he's trying to do here. Is he trying to hurt me or help me? I can see his point, but I don't know why Ezra would want anything from me. He's the successful one. I'm just trying to get my foot in the door and keep it there. I start to worry about the rest of our weekend together. If it's going to be like this, I'd rather go to this wedding alone. It stays silent between us for a few minutes. Nothing but the band playing some annoying rock song further aggravating me. Ryan turns the stereo down. Listen, I get it. You like this guy. I'm just trying to look out for you. Well, you have a funny way of doing that. I say annoyed, continuing to look out the window and nod at him. Look, we're almost at dinner. Let's just put this behind us and have a good night. I look at him, wondering if we will, but for the sake of not ruining the rest of the night, I agree to try. I turn my phone around to see the screen light up. Ryan catches me do this and sees what I see. A blank screen. No new messages. We arrive at the restaurant in Malibu and get out of the car to a breeze of salt air whooshing by, giving me instant beach hair. It feels quiet, except for the waves crashing along the rocks with the sky that is perfectly black with a small spattering of stars. We walk into the reserved area for the party. Perfect couples walk around trying to outdo each other, each more successful or beautiful or both than the other. A waiter carrying a tray of sashimi and another carrying tiny glasses of hot sake rush around trying to cater to our sushi needs. A waiter carrying a tray of sashimi and another carrying tiny glasses of hot sake rush around trying to cater to our sushi needs while trying not to get fired by the unimaginable expectations of a crowd like this.
My girlfriend Jennifer, whose rehearsal dinner it is, can afford it though. She was once a model who decided to go the route of commercial real estate and in three years flat became one of the most sought-after agents in downtown LA. Her charm and wit have always made her a magnet to wealthy men in the past. But when she acquired her own wealth was when she was finally able to find the love of her life. Her fiancé Greg restores and flips homes. He's just a regular guy. She was finally able to marry for love and not for financial stability, something most women in L.A. strive for. Well, the ones who aren't transparent gold diggers. And it's pretty easy to spot those ones. There are plenty of apps to find them now making the ever-lazy-pants millionaire even lazier in scoring a wife just long enough to create an heir and just short enough to trade her in when her jowls form around 40. Because any marriage that lasts somewhere between 7 to 10 years here is a success. Jennifer is dressed in a white-fitted Bagley Mishka dress with pearl earrings and a small understated Prada clutch. Of course, her gigantic diamond ring takes center stage from any designer she might be wearing. Her fiancé holds her waist tightly, looking deliriously in love, laughing with another couple. Jennifer was sure to write up an ironclad prenup. I don't care how much money you have these days, a prenup is mandatory here. You never know where the road might take you, and it pays to be prepared. This is the land of dreams, after all. Look at Jennifer, for God's sakes. I knew her when she was carrying a knockoff handbag and working at Saks. Ryan and I take a cup of sake from a waiter nearby. I take a sip while he nearly finishes the whole cup in one gulp. He winces a little from the heat and raises his eyebrows. A little hot there? I say, smirking. It's fine. I'm going to go up to the bar and grab a beer. Don't you want to say hello to Jennifer first? I ask. You go. I'll be right over he says, walking towards the bar. I stand there alone for a minute, looking around at all of the suits and the ladies who lunch on the tab of the suit's black annex. Jennifer spots me and waves excitedly to come over. I walk up to them in my vintage black leather jacket amongst the Armani and feel slightly out of my element. I don't know how she can hang with this crowd. They're all so... corporate? Maybe rich is the right word. The couple engaging with Jennifer smiles at me. He looks me up and down, inspecting the goods, and she watches him do it. It looks rehearsed and exhausted. The resentment coming from them is palpable. Jennifer puts her arm around my waist, unhooking herself from her bow for one minute to introduce me. This girl is one of my oldest and dearest friends. She truly knows all of my deep, dark secrets, don't you? She says, leaning closer into me. I can smell the champagne on her breath. I humor her even though she's a little drunk and bordering on obnoxious. Are you a bridesmaid? The woman asks me. Jennifer butts in. I'm not having bridesmaids. I just thought at this point, who cares? I have everyone I want around me. I don't need to single people out. You're all my bridesmaids, she says, her arms flailing out, nearly hitting a waiter with a tray of champagne. I quickly grab a glass to distract everyone from the near crashing of champagne glasses and raise it to toast. Cheers! I say. Everyone clinks their glasses as Greg reels her back into his arms to cover. I guess her pre-wedding jitters are starting to bubble up. Nothing like a little champagne to push those right down where they belong. Ryan joins our group, a tall beer in hand. I introduce him. Everyone nods and says hello, but Jennifer gives him a big hug and holds him just a second too long as if seeing a long-lost friend. She lets go and looks at him earnestly. Ryan. I have heard about you, she says slowly. I've heard about you forever, 
Didn't you two date before? Ryan laughs nervously. Um, I don't know. Kind of. It was kind of a long time ago. She looks at me. Is this your date to the wedding? I nod yes, and she becomes excited, as if this is what she was hoping I would say. Good, she says clapping. Ryan, you need to be patient with this one. She needs a good guy. A really good guy. She looks at him inspecting his character like a building she's interested in selling. You must be a good guy if you're still around after all this time, right? She says playing with him. Jennifer sees another waiter with champagne and tries to grab one. Greg pulls her arm back gently to stop her. Honey, do you want to grab some food with me? I doubt you've had much today. He turns to us, his willing audience. She forgets to eat all the time. I have to practically shove food down her throat three times a day. We awe sympathetically. Jennifer whispers to him that she's fine as he slowly walks her over to a table covered in sushi. I roll my eyes and look at Ryan as if to apologize. The couple casually walks away, no explanation necessary. No one in the wedding party seems particularly friendly, so we grab a small plate of sushi and head outside. It's a perfect beach night. The breeze is calm, the weather is unusually warmer than normal, and hardly anyone is out here leaving us some breathing space. We find a small table and sit down. I stare out onto the black ocean, each wave tipping white and crashing back down into its darkness. You can see the lights from Santa Monica Pier just slightly in the distance, though we're too far away from the hustle and bustle of tourists yelling and roller coasters riding. It's quiet, only the hum of people talking softly to their dates and soothing background noise surround us. I take a bite of sashimi, and it melts in my mouth. Ryan looks at me happily. I look back confused. What? I say, my mouth full of fish. Nothing. You're just cute when you eat sushi. <laughs> you do this funny thing with your lips when you go to take a bite? I do? I say, horrified. How long has this been going on? No, it's cute. You've always done it. You just, you curl up the bottom, your bottom lip? I can't explain it. Fantastic, I think, rolling my eyes. He looks off into the distance and pauses. Listen, I'm sorry about earlier. I was being a real dick. I feel a sense of relief. It's okay. It's just that you've never been like that before. I was really confused. I know. I'm sorry. What can I say? I'm used to having you all to myself. He laughs half-heartedly. Look, things are still new with Ezra. I begin to explain, but he cuts me off. Ezra? That's his name? Yeah, Ezra, I say. We're still so new, so who knows what'll happen. But for the first time in a long time, I actually care about someone. He sighs. So this isn't just a crush, not just another throwaway musician? I think about this for a second. I fight through the fear and the pain and all of the rejection that's become the constant in my life. Every guy who came and went, every guy I threw away. I know this is different. I look at Ryan. No. He raises his beer. Well, here's to you. At least one of us has found someone. Ryan feigns a smile but looks defeated, taking a long sip of his beer. I feel sad thinking that there's something going on here that I maybe never knew about. But this is already in motion. I can't go back. I feel sentimental thinking about all of our great times together over the years. Going to shows, sharing our failed romantic adventures, navigating career ups and downs. 
even making a pact that we'd marry each other if we didn't find someone. I guess we thought things would never change until they did. Hey guys, did you know that for $5 a month, you can help support That Girl the Podcast on our new Patreon page? You'll get access to bonus podcast episodes only seen on Patreon, bonus footage on current episodes, Q&As, and everyone's favorite, bloopers, and so much more. Because That Girl doesn't have sponsors, you'd be our sponsor. With $5 a month, you can help me keep making the podcast. To sign up, go to patreon.com forward slash thatgirlthepodcast.